Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Mimi Blue, and you're listening to Human Dialectic. And this is the Dialectic Bulletin series where I put together curated news headlines that you need to know. And boy, do we have a lot to unpack. Well, I I wouldn't say a lot. There's definitely a lot of things in the news cycle. But of course, this week is a clear indicator as to where this country is going. This may not be anything new to you. However, it is further confirming people who've been trying to raise the alarm. What am I talking about? I am talking about the recession, when in fact, it really is a depression. It's a depression. The feds just hiked the interest rates. And what do you think is going to happen? So we're going to talk about that. And I hope you guys are getting your affairs ready, getting out of the major cities. They will crash the market on a Friday. I hope you all know that. They will do it on a Friday because then they can call a banking holiday and then you'll never know when the banks are going to reopen. So before we touch on that topic, I did want to quickly address Uvalde, the Uvalde shooting. There are already people who've moved on. They've forgotten about it. They don't even remember it happening. I did not personally neglect Yvolde, of course, with facts coming out and people becoming hysterical. And then also certain communities like the truther communities stating that nobody died. That is one of the wildest accusations or theories to just emerge so quickly. I mean, we're talking literally hours after it happened. People are already saying that no children died. And this is why It's very frustrating for me to talk on these topics. I I can talk in a very rational manner, right? You got to look at the facts. You got to look at the disinformation. And then you have to come to a clear conclusion, right? A logical conclusion. A lot of people don't know how to do investigative work. It's great that people are questioning things. But to go from one extreme Yes, maybe people will fall for everything. But then the other the other side of the spectrum, the extreme is you don't believe anything. You think nobody died. It was all staged. It's a false flag. And yes, there are false flags, but you need to understand it's a mixture. Okay, you got to make it look believable. There are people who have to die. And that's what people don't understand. Again, I'm getting in my feelings about this because it's just really frustrating to read some of the garbage that is coming out. But I wanted to really understand the facts for Uvalde. I do believe that there were casualties. I do believe that children did die. I don't know if all of them died, but there are people who did die. We know that the police stood down. We know that it it was like over an hour before anybody actually did something, which is insane, right? That is the actual situation here. It's not just the shooter going into a school. The police didn't do anything. Again, you guys may already know this. I'm just saying that I didn't address it because I really wanted to read the facts, look at it logically, not get emotional, and really understand what happened. I'm not jumping to these conclusions. 
Now, one quick thing I do want to mention about the shootings is that people jump to this conclusion that background checks are not being done. Uh, We should be banning guns. I mean, that extreme, right? You begin to see how people think and they don't know how to think critically. They also don't understand the background process. And so let me explain that to you because I at least have experience in this. I have experience in a lot of things. I am not joking. One day I will elaborate on my background. But when you're in D.C., you know, you may have the opportunity to work in the federal government and you learn about certain things. Most Americans can't even explain to you what is required in a background check when purchasing a firearm. They can't explain it to you. Well, I'm going to explain it to you, okay? Because I I know. There is also the term straw man. And if you don't know what the term straw man is, it just simply means that you are purchasing a firearm on behalf of somebody else, but you are giving your own information, right? So when it comes to a background check, if you go to a store, firearm store, you are going to give them your information. You're going to give your driver's license and there's additional uh, questions that you need to fill out. Once that information has been submitted, you are going to be checked against a database. Which database am I referring to? The NICS database. Okay. It's called the National Instant Criminal Background Check System, also known as NICS. Who manages that database? The FBI. Okay. Are you following me? So ultimately, every single criminal record is logged in this database. Why is this important? Because if you match a record in the NICS database, you will not be allowed to purchase a firearm. That application ends right there. You're denied. You cannot have a criminal record to purchase a firearm. Why do you think the criminals go around the system or they go on the black market to buy firearms? Now, the reason why I'm telling you all of this is because, again, most Americans don't even know what is involved in a background check. They don't even understand the basics. Now, how can somebody fall through the cracks? There are a couple of ways. Number one, let's say you had charges pressed against you. Now, there's a bureaucrat that's supposed to populate or at least put that information into the database. So they go to a computer and they need to type this information in. Now, let's say that bureaucrat gets lazy and doesn't put that information in. Well, what is going to happen? The person who had charges against them goes to a store, firearm store, attempts to purchase a firearm However, the person who is assisting this individual checks against the database and guess what? No criminal record. What do you think the guy is going to do? The store owner or the store clerk who's helping this individual who has a criminal record is not going to know. 
And so they will issue a firearm. Do you see what I'm I'm saying here? All of all of what's happening right now, because Congress is not going to let you know about this. The executive branch is not going to let you know about this. They're not going to inform the American people, hey, the process isn't broken. It's because there are too many damn people. It's not an automated process. It's very freaking manual. The only thing that's automated is that all of these stores or anybody who sells firearms has to uh, do an automatic check against a database. That's about it. So when people say the background check is not tough enough, no, it's because you have bureaucrats who are not doing their job. So I just mentioned one example. The second example is a straw man, which is what I had mentioned a little bit earlier, where somebody comes in and purchases on your behalf. You are the criminal and you have somebody else who is going to purchase the firearm for you, or you could just get on the black market. And the third way somebody can fall through the cracks is if the government is involved. And we may speculate here, but I'm pretty sure we could say that the Las Vegas shooting had a lot of fingerprints from the federal government. I can attest that. And I'm not going to tell you how I know, but I can attest, okay? Okay? Just follow me. So those are the ways. Those are the ways. Those are not the uh, only ways. There are probably other ways to do it, but those are the three primary ways that it can happen, that somebody can fall through the cracks or they can purchase a firearm. As you can see in the media, the dialogue doesn't go to to that level of depth. It's all about we need to get rid of the, the guns and we need to have a stricter background check. But nobody wants to even explain to the American people what that means. Now, we all know what it means when you get rid of all of the, the firearms. I mean, they're doing it slowly. They're doing it incrementally. But what they really want to do is just get rid of the entire Second Amendment. If you are not aware, any nation that has completely disarmed their people has fallen into tyranny. And their own people, the own citizens, those citizens have no way of defending themselves at all. It is pure chaos and dictatorship. It does not end up being a utopia and everybody is lovey-dovey, holding hands. Listen, that is not what this government and many governments and the one world government wants for you. They want to disarm you. And once you've been disarmed, you are hopeless. So that was my rant on Yavalde. There is one other piece I will mention, and then we'll move on to the news of the economy, because that is that is definitely going to impact you as well. I mean, Uvalde has varying degrees of impact, but the economy is going to be extremely detrimental for everybody. So my final point about the shooting is that there, I, I can't say there was evidence. Um, there is speculation that the s- police officers were you know, not doing anything on purpose. Now, you need to understand how law enforcement works. You have your uh, local uh, law enforcement at the jurisdiction level. Then you have the state and then you have feds. Feds have a form of law enforcement, but they're typically called these, these agents, okay? 
federal and state law enforcement do not communicate with each other liberally unless there is a situation. Prime example, a shooting, right? You have to think about what's on site. So you have a shooter, you have a gun, you have a crime that is committed at a mass scale. And if the shooter didn't cross lines, then you also have another situation where they're committing crime by crossing state lines. That is an automatic federal offense. All right. You, you will be charged at a federal level if you commit crimes across state lines. What people don't understand is that when it comes to guns, you have a specific agency, ATF, Alcohol, Tobacco and Firearms. They're typically first on scene because there is a situation with guns. Another agency that always appears on a lot of these sites is FBI. So you have FBI, you have the ATF agency. Sometimes you'll have uh, drug enforcement that will appear. And in some cases, you may have the marshals. Sometimes, not always, but sometimes. People need to understand this. But again, if you're not someone who's used to this type of environment or you, you're not even familiar with what each agency does, you don't know the details. I'm just mentioning this because... Law enforcement at the state and local level, they typically coordinate. I am not in any way implying that that actually happened, that there was some type of arrangement to stand down, but it's highly suspicious, highly suspicious, okay? State and federal do not communicate unless there is a call to action for the federal government to get involved. And in this case, because it deals with firearms, the federal government did get involved. Another and final thing, and I will end it, I swear I will, but hopefully this is valuable for you guys to understand how things work. Each firearm has a serial number. It is like a VIN number for a vehicle. So every firearm has a serial number. Why is this important? Because you can trace where that firearm was first purchased and who owned it and who sold it to the owner of that firearm. So you essentially can track every single step of the way for that firearm. If there is a firearm that has no ID, most likely that was a firearm that was built on the black market. If you remember Fast and Furious, Operation Fast and Furious, under the Obama administration, they were shipping guns. Eric Holder was the attorney general. They were shipping guns to Mexico. How did they figure out that these were guns that originated from the U.S.? Because of the serial number. So when these Mexican gangs would commit crimes, there would be police officers or law enforcement who would appear on the scene. They look at the serial number. And what people don't recognize is that the United States has the most intricate program when it comes to locating firearms or doing forensics and so on. So a lot of guns um, end up coming back to the U.S. because we have very, very uh, sophisticated labs and research. And when these individuals received these guns, they realized that these were not from Mexican manufacturers <laughs> or anywhere else, they originated 
in the U.S. and actually from the federal government. So I hope I gave you enough information to better understand how to assess this stuff. I don't hear or see people talking at this level of depth. And that's why experience is very important and using discernment is very important because you cannot believe everything that you see. You absolutely should not take anything at face value. You should actually even do your own research based off of what I just told you. Don't take everything I said at face value, but I'm just giving you my perspective. It probably took me a little bit longer to explain why I did not give a lot of attention to you of all days, not because I am minimizing the situation, but I recognize what's going on. I don't know all the details, but I know what's going on. And sadly, people have moved on. I hope the parents who were affected by this, and there were parents who lost children, I I really, really wish them the best. And my condolences, because there cannot be anything worse in life than to lose a child, especially in that way, in that very senseless way. So... Those are my thoughts. I don't know if it makes anybody else feel better, <laughs> but uh, that's how I wanted to approach the Yvolde shooting. I'm not going to talk about Matthew McConaughey, okay? He's a great actor, a deadbeat, deadbeat. I'm so glad he's not running for the governor of Texas. That would have been crazy. But um, yeah, those are my thoughts on Yvolde. So let's move on to the economy, because that's also a very, very alarming thing that we need to really dig deep into. And again, if you are not doing anything with your affairs, if you're not taking out cash, uh, liquidating some of your assets, because you're not going to have access to those bank accounts, you guys, you got to read the fine print for the FDIC insurance. Wait, I'm going to I'm going to pause here. I don't know if some of you even know what I'm talking about. Every bank in the US is quote unquote covered under the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation. And this was founded by Roosevelt. This was after Wall Street um crashing. So like the markets crashed and created the depression. When I say you need to read the fine print, it's saying that every depositor has a limit of, of being insured up to 250000 You need to understand that you are last in line. What happened in 2008 is a prime example that the banks first get paid out and then you have other entities that get paid out and then you continue to go down the, the line And guess who's last? That's right. You and I, middle class, poor class, basically anybody who is not in the 1% and not part of the uh, elite will be last in line if there's any money left. That's what I believe happened with uh, Merrill Lynch. All the money got paid out. And when people were looking for their money or asking for their money, there was no money left. So... There is no faith in the FDIC insuring your deposits. You need to have your money in something that is not dependent on the market. I'd mentioned life insurance, but life insurance meaning 
whole life, not term, whole life. That's in another episode. But where am I going with this? The economy is tanking. It's really tanking. So listen to this clip, and we're going to go into a little more depth about this. Eddie Gabor joins me now, the man himself. You said earlier this week that we were in the calm before the storm. That was earlier this week. All right, it's Friday. Is this the storm? It is, Stuart. And what this confirms is the Fed is going to have to force a recession to get inflation down. This is what we've been warning about. This is why we have not been fully invested all year. And investors need to take this serious. Trying to pick a bottom in this type of environment is dangerous. And I don't think we're anywhere close to a bottom. So they need to take these opportunities to protect their hard-earned capital before it gets a lot worse. Why do you think we're nowhere near the bottom? Well, Stuart, if you think about all this money that went in the system over the last two years created, in my opinion, one of the largest bubbles of our lifetime. And now they have to unwind the balance sheet, which means these bubbles are going to be popping one by one. And it's already happening. It happened in crypto first. It's down 50 percent. Nasdaq's down over 30 from its highs. And you're going to start seeing the larger cap plays do that. This market has to reset to where it was prior before we can move forward. So that means we need to be down at a minimum of 30% in the S&P, in my opinion, before we can even think about being close to a bottom. And lastly, the VIX has been so tame. You do not have a market bottom when you have so much complacency. So VIX is going to 40. We're going down at least 30 plus percent, in my opinion, and investors need to protect their capital. So what's the time frame here? If you say we're going down at least 30 percent on the S&P, I think we're down about 20 percent now. When's this over? When's the, when are we looking at the other side of this? So I think the summer is going to be the worst part of this market. Um, as I said on Wednesday, uh, we've told clients, you know, and it's hard to predict, but as our best estimate right now is fourth quarter or late third quarter is when we're going to start nibbling back into this market because I think the Fed is going to prove everyone wrong and they're going to continue to tighten into this slowdown. It is a big, big mistake, but they're going to do it and it's going to cause markets to really tumble. So that clip was from about a week ago on Friday, June 10th. And this past Wednesday is when the federal government decided to raise interest rates. And I can't remember where I read this, but it was on Sunday or Monday and somebody provided intel to a reporter saying feds are going to raise the interest rates on Wednesday. And lo and behold, that's what happened. Lo and behold. And did Dow just like crash like 30,000? It lost 30,000? Like it it shot down 30,000, I should say. That is a depression. That is clearly a depression, but people are not paying attention. You may be seeing things in your own neighborhood, in your community. So gas is going up. That's a clear indicator. You're going to the grocery store and about six months ago, it probably cost you 120 to feed a family of, of two or three. Now it's probably over $200. Okay, things are, are rapidly declining in terms of value, how much you're getting for the dollar. Uh, tuition is increasing. Oh yeah, it's increased. 
And if you don't know how I feel about school, I mean, I love to learn. That is how you keep a very youthful mind. It's not worth for you to pay thousands of dollars to go to school. You need to decide between a livelihood or going into debt. And if you understand money, debt is the way to control people. So tuition is going up, food is going up, energy bills are going up, gas is going up. What 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 is going down? Well, definitely morale, okay? Morale is going down. There will be mass layoffs. I already know that in the tech industry, they're already having layoffs. I know that. It's very hush-hush. It may not be a lot, but the mass layoffs are coming. There's no way that a lot of these companies can even maintain operational costs with energy bills and, and all these other factors increasing at a rate where their, their profits are not even increasing at the same pace. What you're also not hearing is that all around the world, there are massive protests. There are protests in South Korea. There's a strike, trucker strike, because things are so bad. There are protests happening in Iran I spoke about Sri Lanka last in the last episode. There are protests. There are even protests happening in South America. You're not hearing that on the news. And the places that are suffering the most or you're seeing a lot of protests are those third world countries that are on the brink of collapse. There's not really a middle class. And the majority of citizens are literally living. And when I say paycheck to paycheck, I mean, we're talking like a salary, a monthly monthly income of like $5 a month, a month. That's how bad it is. They're about to starve. And what we are seeing resembles exactly like the Arab Spring. Remember in Egypt, they were, it was just out of control. It was getting too expensive. You know, the corruption was bad. They actually haven't even fully healed themselves or even repaired what happened so we're now seeing that you're not you're not hearing about it on the news let me play you a couple clips to like really put this in perspective because this isn't going to be a collapse that anybody has ever seen before this is going to be astronomical so you better freaking get ready well if you don't do anything you are ultimately going to be putting yourself in a bad situation. You are responsible for you. And if you have children or you have other people who are dependent on you, you are failing them as well. Knowledge is key. Knowledge is key. And you have this information in advance. Do something about it. Yo, check this out. I know y'all been hearing this shit on the fucking West Coast, but this shit's going on on the fucking East Coast. I've been stuck on this fucking overpass since yesterday. Fucking gloves over there, out of fuel. Pilot over here, out of fuel. All these fucking trucks here waiting. Nobody can get fuel. This guy's out of fuel. These guys are lucky. They got some fuel. Luckily, I got a hold of a fucking farmhand out here that's going to sell me 50 gallons of fucking red just so I can get the truck back and park the motherfucker. Everywhere I went, these two fucking major truck stops, there's a fucking mom and pops down there. Everywhere you call, slap empty. So I'm lucky. I don't run DEF. But they don't have any fucking diesel exhaust fluid. They don't even have fucking engine oil in here. It's going to get a lot worse. Y'all better be prepared. Listen, I don't know how much more time you have, 
but I can't continuously remind you to do something. The window is closing. It is really closing. The way that that trucker was talking about gas drying up, that seems so impossible, especially here in the U.S., because we've just been fat and happy, metaphorically speaking, maybe literally, but metaphorically speaking. We've been able to export so many types of goods and resources and minerals, whatever it is. We've never really had to be self-sufficient. Now, can you imagine a world where you can't get gas? Gas is like $50 a gallon. They're even speculating that it could be 50. You thought $10 was bad? It could be 50 due to inflation. Let me read you a couple headlines just so you can get the perspective. I think you already have it, but you need additional information. Truckers warn skyrocketing diesel prices are making U.S. supply chain and trucking industry unsustainable. A Facebook post from the owner of a Texas trucking company went viral last week after he warned that skyrocketing diesel prices could have long-term consequences for the U.S. supply chain. Austin Smith, owner of Iron River Express, said it has cost him over $20,000 a week to keep his three trucks running. He states, If something drastic doesn't change in the next few weeks or months, I promise you, you'll see empty shelves everywhere you look, Smith wrote in a post that was shared nearly 290,000 times. You'll see chaos as people fight for the basic necessities of everyday life. Smith did not respond to a request for comment from Insider in time for publication. Richard Resek, a trucker based out of ports, out of the ports in New York and New Jersey, told Insider he's turning off his truck and rolling down his window instead of using air conditioning during long summer nights. He also plots out gas stations with the cheapest fuel prices. Diesel prices have surged over 76% in the past year. Last month, Insider reported that the diesel market is facing its worst crisis since the 1970s. Now, a lot of us didn't live in the 1970s, or at least millennials and younger, but those who are much older may remember what life was like when gasoline was $7 a gallon, and that was very expensive then. Prices are at a record $5.75, according to data from AAA. For truckers like Resec, that means they're spending as much as $1,700 refueling their trucks every day. (laughs) You guys, if the truckers give up, We're screwed, truckers and farmers. Here's another one. Trucker strike in South Korea sparks economic turmoil. The epicenter of the next global supply chain snarl could be in South Korea as a nationwide trucker strike broadens and is hindering domestic economic activity, which may spill over to the rest of the world. It's important to understand that we live in a global economy and we're very entangled. So whatever happens on the opposite side of the world is going to impact us. Yes, us here in the States. Here's another headline. Healthcare workers calling in sick due to fuel prices. A UK union has warned the cost of fuel is stopping care workers from going to work. That's really alarming. 
UK healthcare workers have been calling in sick because they can't afford the, pe- the petroleum or the gas they need to get to work. The possibility of widespread strikes looms in the coming months as the government has refused to increase wages, fearing a wage price spiral fed by runaway inflation. So you can see the pattern. You can see the pattern. People are going to have to decide between feeding themselves and feeding for their family or they're going to spend their way into debt as if they're not already in debt, but it would be in further, further debt. People are at a breaking point. People are at a breaking point. The situation or the real problem is that people don't know who to blame. They don't know who the true architects are for this collapse. People are going to be so angry that they're going to kill each other. But it's people like you and I who need to wake others up and realize that it is not your neighbor who created this. It is not the person who voted for the political party you don't like. It is those individuals who are sitting in D.C. who are also in the elite circles who are doing this. Those are our enemies. They view us as parasites. We view them as demons. It's equal, right? But you need to know who your enemy is. Well, I think I've talked about that in depth. And I'm hoping that this information about the economy is resonating with you because it is going to be quite, quite the ride. This is going to be a roller coaster. I'm not looking forward to this, but there's only so much that you can do and prepare physically, mentally, spiritually. And we are just going to have to work our way out of this. Okay. Um, Again, we're going to see things that we've never seen before. But uh, there are some solutions. And I'm going to read a couple of things for you to at least take to heart and just prepare for what's about to happen. I don't want to leave you hanging dry because there is hope at the end of this. You just need to take accountability for your environment and what is about to occur. So there is an article entitled, Are You Prepared for the Coming Food Catastrophe? And in this article, it talks about how Ukraine, which you already know, exports a large percentage of grain and oil seeds to most of the world. And of course, Russia is important because they export fertilizer. So the question is, how do you combat this? So there are a couple of solutions. First one being grow some of your own food. If you don't know how to grow your own food, learn. The internet is still available. You can still access a lot of these markets that have seeds and so on. Collect uh, seeds, uh, make friends with local farmers, create or join a local CSA, and shore up on your long-term food stores. So this author states, rather than panic buying mass quantities all at once, consider spreading it out and just buy a little more than you need for the day or week each time you go shopping. You can build up a backup supply rather quickly that way. The next solution, water. 
your 70% water. The author states, identify sources of potable water and make sure you have one or more ways to purify questionable water supplies. Get a filter. I'm not somebody who is sponsored by this company. If you need to get a Berkey water filter or there are other filters out there, go and invest in one. Okay, invest in one immediately. I remember in 2020 when COVID hit, I mean, a lot of these these companies were just backed up. Like the orders were just, it, it was just never ending. They were sold out. So don't be in that situation. Power. Consider how you might power some of the essentials in your home if there are rolling blackouts or the electrical grid does go down altogether. And these blackouts do exist in third world nations. I I definitely believe they're coming here. Firearms training for self-defense and hunting. Learn how to use, store, carry, and clean a firearm and work on your marksmanship. Other forms of self-defense training can also be useful, if nothing else, to make you feel more competent and confident in potentially high-risk situations. Communications. Give some thought to how you will communicate with friends and family if cell towers and or internet goes down. Very, very important. Medicine, stock up on nutritional supplements, medications, how-to books on alternative home remedies and first aid supplies. I absolutely agree with that as well because you don't want to rely on the pharmaceutical companies. And if you've noticed, if you go into the pharmacy, they lock them up. Not saying that they're going to be locked up when, you know, shit hits the fan, but you're not going to understand the chemicals. So stick with the, the natural, natural items. And finally, money. Keep cash on hand, including smaller denominations. Do not get $100 bills. You will be robbed and you'll be a target. You want to keep them small, especially when you're trying to barter. Both power grid and internet outages can eliminate your ability to buy without cash. For more long-term protection against inflation, consider buying physical precious metals such as gold and silver. I have mentioned in the past, I don't give financial advice. Um, I'm on the fence when it comes to precious metals, but it's beginning to make its mark. And when the dollar is no longer valuable in the rest of the world's eyes, it becomes essentially trash. So you need to find another way in exchanging or or another form of of ledger uh, in this situation. So there you go. There you go, you guys. Hopefully you'll know where to start. Again, I'm not going to leave you hanging out to dry here, but a lot of us are in the same same boat. We've lived in the cities for a very long time, but now we got to become self-sufficient. We got to learn. We got to start from scratch. Everybody has to start somewhere, but definitely work on building those communities. They're going to be very, very important when this happens. Now that we know what is impacting everybody, (laughs) Yes, everybody. I'm going to just read a couple headlines here just because things are just overlapping. Uh, There's a couple pop culture items that I have, but it's really relevant to what's going on. California is imposing more stricter measures when it comes to water. That is what happens when you vote for Gavin Newsom. I mean, is California experiencing a drought? It seems like they are. But they don't have the reservoirs. They've 
completely dumped the fresh water that is needed for that state. And remember, the Hoover Dam supplies water to Nevada, Arizona, California, and that baby is drying up and it's not good. So if you're on the West Coast, it's pretty much a desert out there. You guys need to figure out what you're going to do when you know the, the water gets turned off or you don't have fresh water. Cheryl Sandberg steps down from Facebook. For those of you who may not know who she is, she is the, or she was, I should say, was, past tense, the chief operating officer of Facebook. And she was also glorified as the modern day feminist. I wanted to vomit, okay? She wrote a book called Lean In. Didn't read it, didn't care. I don't even know if she has the technical expertise to contribute at Facebook. Um, Yeah, she stepped down. And now in today's world, she has not even left a mark. I mean, I don't know. Pathetic. The only reason why I'm bringing it up is because this is further uh, validating Facebook's implosion. Implosion. It's the end of an era. Raython moves to D.C., Raython is a large military uh, industrial complex contractor, and they are moving from Massachusetts to D.C., which now means that all of the military uh, contracting firms are now in the D.C. area. How lovely. How lovely. It just means it's going to get worse from there. We're going to move into a little bit of pop culture. I usually don't do it, but again, there's uh, some lessons or things to note here. Justin Bieber, if you haven't heard, has a quote unquote rare condition, a rare illness, a diagnosis. You know what kills me? They're saying that he has, or at least his doctor has told him he has Ramsey Hunt syndrome. Now, if you were to look at his symptoms, because he put himself on Instagram Live, I believe, doesn't matter. He put himself on a live stream and it looks like he's suffering from Bell's palsy. Is that a little strange? And when did we hear about Bell's palsy? When did that become an issue? Uh, It became an issue when people started taking the vaccine. Yes, some people are going to get pissed off that I'm saying that. But his wife suffered a stroke at 26. That is not normal. She was saying it was birth control, but we damn well know that she took the vaccine. Get well, Justin, but I know he is not wanting to ruffle some feathers at the highest order. You know, those forces at the very top, they're really trying so damn hard to control the messaging. Britney Spears got married, or at least we think it's the real Britney Spears. I personally think it's the clone. You know, Britney Spears made a song about her clone. And um, I didn't report on her conservatorship and being released from it, it seemed very odd to me. 
I'll, I'll do a breakdown of it eventually. But she got married, or at least her clone got married. I don't find that guy to be attractive at all. I'm not saying that uh, he's ugly. I just don't. I, I'm I'm not attracted to men who appear to exploit the vulnerabilities of women. In addition, he doesn't seem to be a man per se. Uh, he doesn't seem like he is willing to fight for her. He likes the lifestyle. He likes the attention. Apparently, he doesn't really po- post a lot of pictures of her on his Instagram. That's a sign. I know I got a lot of guys that listen. That is a sign. Okay. Whatever, you know, it is what it is. I think it's the clone. I don't think that's the real Britney Spears. And by the way, didn't she say that she was pregnant and she didn't look pregnant to me? Again, I think it's a clone. It's a clone. And you know, on this podcast, we talk about all types of stuff. Clones, reptilians, military bases, underground. If you're hearing this for the first time, it's probably blowing your mind. But eventually you'll come to terms and you'll realize that a lot of this is true. Now, who here remembers Michael Avenatti? Does that name ring a bell? Okay, if it doesn't, remember Stormy Daniels? You know, the the attorney who thought he could take down Trump and he thought that he could run for president? Yeah, well, he's not having a good time. You know, all of that grandiose performance and trying to uh, grandstand. I mean, it was unbelievable. Well, guess what? He's going to jail, boys and girls. He's going to jail. I mean, his sentence has, it's just being added on on top of what he's currently going through right now. Listen to this news clip. A federal judge has just sentenced attorney Michael Avenatti to four years in prison for stealing $300,000 from adult film star Stormy Daniels. Now, Avenatti has already been sentenced to two and a half years in a separate case for trying to extort clothing company Nike for $25 million. He is already in custody and will serve both sentences. Ladies and gentlemen, what lesson can we learn from this? What lesson can you think of? One I can definitely think of is don't let your ego get in the way. The man had a big ass ego and now he's just a uh, a douchebag, a loser. And I'm not saying that to be malicious. I mean, that's really what he is now. If he would have just not taken Stormy Daniels seriously, maybe he wouldn't be in this position. Be humble, everyone. Be humble. So the last thing I want to talk about today is regarding Pride Month. I didn't add it into the title because I'm probably going to get flagged. But what I want to say briefly is I believe that this year it has gotten so out of control. Every single company has rainbow branding on their website, in commercials. It is exhausting. It is absolutely exhausting. And we know that they're doing this not only to condition the American people, but it is also some companies' virtual signaling. 
just like what they did with Black Lives Matter, they're doing it with Pride Month. Listen, I don't care what you do with your own body, what you want to do with consensual adults. That's your business. My problem is when you get the kids involved. My problem is when a child doesn't understand the activities that adults engage in and you're going to teach children, that's grooming, okay? I'm not saying every single person who dresses up in drag is a bad individual, but criminals who want to get in touch with children will find loopholes. We need to leave the kids alone. All I'm saying is this Pride Month has been insane, okay? I even saw a picture of Christina Aguilera wearing a strap, a strap, and there were supposedly children at that concert. Everything is degrading. It is decaying. This country is decaying. I don't know. I, I've just been noticing that it's been a little crazy. I don't know if you guys feel that way. But I definitely do. And it needs to freaking stop. It needs to freaking stop. And by the way, Pride Month has only been in existence for a couple years. So how did we escalate to this level? Somebody educate me. But anyway, that's what I wanted to mention as an observation. And uh, I'm going to wrap this episode up. You know, a little difference, but still giving you content still giving you some some good stuff to chew on you know especially in the very beginning well everyone I hope you have a good afternoon good evening good morning whenever you're listening to this and stay tuned still continuing to give you badass episodes here and there uh still adjusting to my timeline but I will get back on schedule I promise you I will Every Monday and Tuesday, you'll get those episodes. It's just a little bit later, but we're going to get there. All right. I'll talk to you guys soon. Have a good one.